Hello, welcome to the second episode of the Leadership Outlook podcast. This is the place where we talk about leadership and how to succeed as a leader in the digital working environment. I am Nadia Harris with Breno Oliveira. Today we will talk about teams, how to structure your team so that you have the right balance of soft and technical skills. Breno, let's start with defining what a team is. Nadia, a team is a group of people who have a common goal and vision, so they put together their skill sets to do what an individual would not be able to do alone. So tell me, Nadia, how are the team members hired to be part of a team in a digital world? Well, hiring is of course one thing, but making sure that our decision is not only based on the hard skills and your gut feeling, we need to make sure that we approach this strategically. So for the remote or digital environment, when we look for team members, we should be absolutely sure to outline all objectives for each position to make our candidates aware in terms of what goals are expected from them. Another thing is, depending of course on the fact if we are a corporation or a startup, it's very good to speak openly about our mission, vision and values. That's how we make sure that we select candidates who are the right fit. Also, to assess this properly, it's absolutely crucial to include the current team in the recruitment process. They have to meet each other, and that's actually a practice that I've observed broadly with almost all remote companies all around the world. Breno, you told me that you have been conducting technical interviews for a while. What are the aspects you look for in a candidate to make sure that he or she will adapt to the team? Well, it all depends on the position I'm hiring for, but let me use a business analyst manager as an example. I would first identify the gap in the team and why the position needs to be filled in the first place. Later, I would investigate if there is any team member that's actually interested in the position or already doing the job at hand. Taking into account that there is a real gap and the position needs to be filled, it's always good to start with a team assessment to understand your current team and to know what they are like. I have seen teams that are very technical and like to get things done as soon as possible. And on the other hand, I already led teams that prefer to learn together and take their own time to get things done, but more aligned ac across the whole team. I'm not saying that one type is better than the other, but people tend to commit to what they understand as a group, not as individuals. So that's what I would say. Breno, and what about red flags when you're interviewing? That's a good one. For the specific position I just mentioned, I would be very careful with people who like to get things done on their own way only and would try to impose their work style on the team. This never ends up well. And of course, the classics, someone who has read theoretical books and managerial books, but cannot overcome their own biases. This is dangerous. Okay, Nadia, let's say we already have established a team. How would you measure the team effectiveness? Well, I would say that today the approach lies in the environment itself. You see, we are currently dealing with management in terms of office employees, hybrid models, and remote-first companies. And the so-called temporary work from home, add that one, and we have a mixture that we should somehow tackle in order to make sure that we are effectively managing a diversely working team and through a scalable and transparent approach. So the most important thing is the mindset shift from time towards getting things done. In the digital world or during remote work itself, we usually don't relate performance to time, but to the result. 
That's the reason why we need to be very specific about objectives, KPIs, but truly OKRs should be the way to go here. Okay, let's go a little bit further on the OKRs. What are they and how to use them? Yes, and I indeed see companies changing their approach towards OKRs. For those who don't know, um, OKRs are objectives and key results. Basically, the major difference between OKRs and KPIs uh, that I'm sure you already know, um, I guess is the intention itself behind setting the goals. KPI goals are typically obtainable and they represent the output of a process or project already in place, while OKR goals are generally more ambitious and rather aggressive. So the OKR lifecycle is based on planning and alignment, weekly or biweekly status, a retrospective and review, and all of this should reflect the company's mission. Let me also elaborate a bit on the operational aspect and specifically how to find out that things are getting done. I mean the Kanban approach or a Kanban boards. So thanks to Kanban, you can visualize your work and optimize the entire performance. And that's how the team can know what the status is, they can know the progress or potential blockers as well. Basically, this helps us to see the entire work performance realistically and also solve potential problems up front. But Breno, in the project management environment, when we talk about digital collaboration, we usually deal with agile, right? Is that true? How do we even track progress here? Yes, it's true. But first, it's important to understand and identify the difference between Agile and Waterfall and to know where you are. Waterfall, as the name suggests, is a project management methodology that is top to bottom approach and it goes through phases. These phases may vary from project to project, but they are usually as following. Feasibility, plan, design, build, test, production and support. Agile, on the other hand, is a mindset that focuses on incremental development through team collaboration. I would like to focus more on Scrum, which is an Agile framework that has been proven very successful lately. Connecting my answer to your question, Nadia, Scrum is becoming more and more popular as the time goes by. Because with its ceremonies, all the Scrum members have the visibility of the incremental progress made during the iteration, the sprint. And with the help of the Scrum Master, it's quite easy to spot weak productivity within the team. Additionally, it's a very, very good practice to make use of burned-out charts and Kanban board that you just mentioned. Nadia, what about micromanagement? Tell us a little bit more about it. And you think that does it happen anyhow in the remote environment? And by the way, does it affect the effectiveness of the team? Yes, and I will be happy to elaborate on this a bit. So... Many companies generally just download different programs or software to manage projects. And by already having these on board, they believe that thanks to this, they will track performance every second. So they actually don't track results, but start digging into the system several times a day and checking what the team is doing, providing comments along the way. I've seen that happening a lot. And this is very frustrating for other team members. In other words, using just software to manage projects with a team doesn't guarantee success. 
Also, many fresh remote companies reach out to me and ask how they can monitor their employees. And I keep explaining that all this is not about constant monitoring, literally micromanagement, but a mindset change to become truly responsible for your performance and results which you deliver. So it's all about awareness. And all in all, micromanagement is a tough one and it needs to be tackled step by step. Shifting towards a results-oriented mindset without constant monitoring is a big transition that we all currently have to deal with. Getting into this a bit deeper, Breno, have you seen any tools during your work that try to track progress and do the opposite instead, like track people not progress, so the opposite to agile? Unfortunately, yes. I have seen the use of such tools during my career, and it's sad and should not happen. Some of them are used to track how many lines of code the developers are able to code during the day. Some of them are used to log their keystrokes. This practice, in my opinion, is absurd. It makes people feel unwelcome and it creates an enormous barrier between the team and the management, of course, due to the lack of trust. And trust is key. Indeed, trust is something absolutely crucial during distributed work. So trust me on this one. You'll learn a lot during this podcast series. That's what we're here for. We will definitely take you to the next level. Stay tuned to the next episode of the Leadership Outlook podcast.